I speak to you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I intend to keep my words quite brief this morning, lest they become more of a hindrance than a help amongst all of the other words that are before us in what we've just read, in what we've sung, in what we pray. As I told the 9 a.m. congregation, I ran into Andrew, our assistant organist in the hall this morning, and actually said, expect about a five-minute homily. And I think he thought I was telling him a belated April Fool's joke. I hope I haven't over-promised, but that is my intent. Much of the Christian life largely can be defined by the continual work and effort with intention to make room for God. What I mean by that is to make space for God to be present with you in you, no less, so that you can hear him speaking, so that you can perceive him moving, and better follow him as a disciple, as a disciple of Christ. There is no bad time to seek to do this, whether morning afternoon, evening, in the middle of the night, any time of year, any season, is a good opportunity to seek to make room for God in your life. But if there were a perhaps best time of all, among all the good times, it would indeed be this week, Holy Week, as we prepare to journey through the story of the death of Jesus, the Son of God, and his resurrection. This would be the best time of all to open yourself, to be able to hear him more truly and clearly. There are many things that seek to distract us from that end. It reminds me of many years back when I was living in a land far, far away, some might say a foreign land of Texas. We had in front of our house, my family and I, a beautiful bush. And I wish I could identify it for you. I'll have to speak to the garden guild or the flower guild. It was beautiful. It stood about my height, maybe a little taller. It was thorny, and it put forth the most beautiful pink flowers, pink petals all over once a year. Um, Glorious. But as time went on, we noticed that there began to appear on this bush little patches of brown all over, like spots. And as time continued to go on, as it does, 
these little brown patches began to grow bigger and bigger, eventually merging into the other brown patches to the point where the once glorious bush looked more like a grand tumbleweed. It was dying. Uh, It actually appeared dead. We wondered what it might be, whether it had contracted a disease. Um, We thought maybe it wasn't receiving enough water. We thought maybe it needed to be pruned. We're not very skilled in this area. But as we began to look a little more closely, we realized, I think we were pruning it actually, we realized on further inspection that in fact the bush was dying or dead already, but there was something else living inside of it, not as readily visible or apparent. There was an invasive species of growth coming up from the ground like hairs. More accurately, it was vines. Some form of vine, a countless multitude of vines, were coming up and had twisted themselves around the stem of the bush, reaching out like tentacles in every direction, squelching, smothering, and suffocating this bush. And so we started hacking away at these things and pulling them like hairs out of a thorny bush and ripping them out to no avail. The bush had already died, but we knew why. In a similar way, this is not unlike the process that we pursue in following Christ, the path that we walk to take up our cross and follow Christ is not easy. In fact, in all the years I've been seeking to do it, I would attest I think it gets harder and harder over time. Because you never quite are rid of new growths seeking to come up and twist themselves around you, seeking to threaten the precious new life that you have, that God has given It's almost like there's something out there with a motive, with an energy, with a purpose, trying to thwart your growth. And when you have that new life, that something else, the enemy, seeks all the more to kill. You are much more of a threat alive than dead. What I'd like for us to really take away is that fact, that we must make room for God. These things that creep in, which could be secret sins, they could be good things that have taken on too dominant of a role in our lives, things that need to go, things that keep us from receiving the nourishment from God, the water of God in the words of God things that block us from receiving the light of God. These are things that need to go, and in going, that can open us up to receive God more fully. And this is the time to do just that, to repent, to turn away, to cut away things that block and interfere. God 
has made room for you. As Jesus said, I go to my Father's house, and there I will prepare a place for you. And every time we gather here, we are invited to the foretaste of that great banquet. God has made space for you. The question is, for all of us, have you and will you make space for him? Amen.